You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hi everybody, this is Rick Hadrava, once again, your host for the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, look, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to today's show, and I'm excited to have my friend Mark Gunkel with Mark Gunkel CPA uh, in the studios today, actually here live and in person. And and I, I got to tell you, you know, the beautiful thing about business is some of my best connections, my best um, friends have come from doing business with people um just in the line of everyday work. And that's no different for Mark and myself. We actually met several years ago working with a mutual client who was thinking about um, transitioning away from his business after time. And, you know, I always tell people that I work with a network of other professionals, whether it's tax, estate plan, maybe it's insurance or or business law, whatever the case may be, all with the client in mind. And sometimes those kind of conversations can be a little uncomfortable um, when people don't know you, but sometimes they just seem to click. And everybody, when Mark and I were working together, what was great is everybody had the client in mind. We collaborated. And at the end of the day, we were able to deliver some really, I think some really good results off of that, our friendship grew, and Mark um, is part of one of the workshop programs that I do. We've gotten to work together. He's given me some great information and ideas over over the years, and uh, I like to think that I, I maybe sparked an idea or two for him. But uh, so help me in welcoming to our show today, my friend, Mark Gunkel. Mark, thanks for being here. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here today. Well, listen, why don't you um, give us a little bit of a background, you know, who's Mark Gunkel, um, and, and tell us a little bit about your firm. Okay, Rick. Um, I have a uh, firm in uh, with a, a staff of seven right now. I started um, in public accounting after graduating with my bachelor's degree, worked in uh, a big city for a couple of years um, in, in a small accounting firm. And, and it was doing tax work, and, and that's not really the direction I thought I was going whenever I left college, but it really sparked my interest after getting involved in that firm. And then as, as my wife and I decided kind of quality of life thing where we wanted to settle down and raise a family, we migrated to, to Stillwater, Oklahoma, where, we, where um, I just was very diligent, knocking on doors, trying to find opportunities to work there because that was important. I thought that would be a great place to settle down and raise our family. And so my persistence kind of paid off. A, a CPA, a small firm there, gave me an opportunity. Um, I worked very hard, worked kind of my way up the ladder there. Uh, about 10 years after joining the firm um, and getting my CPA during those times, I did uh, become partners um, in the became a partner in the firm. And a little over 15 years ago, um, I bought the, my previous partner out and have owned it outright since then. The, uh, the practice has really been blessed, has grown quite nicely since then. I, when I bought my previous partner out, there was um, about three of us working there, and I now have a staff of eight. 
which with three other CPAs, and it's just been great. You know, I didn't realize it at the time, Rick, that that throughout all this, that maybe I really was an entrepreneur. I just was was driven, and I knew kind of what I wanted to do. I've had the technical skills of, of, of being able to do the work, but you know, also the drive of wanting to wanting to grow, wanting to be successful, and that's that's really been a drive that's led me to. You know, I, I think the one day I just realized that, hey, I really am an entrepreneur. I, I have a, a desire to uh, to go out and, and not just kind of, you know, basically be in control of my destiny. Right. So so let, let, let's go back to the small firm that you started with. What was your role there? And, you know, were there parts of that that you liked? Well, I, I think that kind of honed my technical skills. I mean, I was able to kind of work in the trenches and but slowly began to be introduced to, to client relationships and and understanding kind of the the nuts and bolts of the process of of just the technical aspect but also beginning to see how working with clients and and their businesses and and even some of the struggles that they would have and, and begin some of the problem solving to that would help with with their businesses of how we could we could help them through that did you did you find that that was as much um, art as it was the science of the technical skills that, that you brought to the table? Over time, I thought it was more the technical, but I think there is a lot of the art to it as well. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting, right? Because every situation is just slightly different. It's got emotion to it sometimes. Exactly. Um, so, so you went to Stillwater. You're knocking on the doors to find an opportunity. You get an opportunity. I'm interested in... What was going through your mind as you worked your way up to that partnership and now your partner comes to you? Or how, how did the transition happen where you bought out your partner? Well, and let me say this. When, when I, this sounds odd, but when I joined the firm, the small firm, um, you know, and I know he was taking a chance on me by hiring me because, I mean, I was pretty green. I had a little bit of experience, but still pretty green. And part of my compensation, I mean, my compensation basically was based upon a percentage of my production. And so I think that's what kind of turned the switch to me to say that I'm an entrepreneur at that point because I was kind of responsible, eat what you kill uh, kind of mentality. So that made me become very driven. I mean, and I wanted to succeed. I wanted to make this work. And um, so I think that just, just really made me dig in and, and, and work hard. I mean, I've thankfully always had a great work ethic, but that kind of really just made me dig in and, and, and want it. Well, you know, it's funny because there are technical people that are really good at their skill, but the idea of getting outside of a paycheck, I, I think makes them so uncomfortable it almost cripples them, right? And so... So it's interesting that you said that that was kind of your first signal that, hey, I'm an entrepreneur in this whole thing. How did that change for you, though, when you became the owner, when there was no more partner? And, you know, did, did anything inside of you, did you approach anything differently after that had taken place? You know, leading up to that happening and, and you know, it did happen. It happened a little quicker than what we had planned, maybe a year or two faster than what we kind of had on our radar to happen. But um, he had been in charging more of just the administrative functions to me, so I, I was taking more of that over. But, you know, I think it was still just part of the, the drive that I had. And, and 
you know, thankfully, I think from day one with being with that firm and just kind of feeling like, hey, I'm responsible for, for what I'm able to produce. And then that overall came to the team as well. So I was, the, the stage was getting set along the way for me to take the reins. And I, I remember, uh, not terribly vividly, but that several days after kind of, you know, signing all the paperwork, taking over officially and just thinking, wow, this is, this is really, I'm really in control here. And this is kind of scary. But, but exciting at the same time um, and, and wearing kind of that, that true owner's hat and, and, and being responsible and also not only responsible for, I mean, my personal success, providing for the needs of my family, um, but also daily, even still today, I think about all of the staff that I have that they're relying upon, I mean, not only me, but each other for their success because, I mean, they rely on an obviously a financial stream of income and then also personal development as well from that. Well, okay, so you've got a staff of eight today. You said three CPAs? Yes. Um, yes. So what is the day in the life of Mark Gunkel, CPA, and, and the organization? What does for, that look like? For me or just the organization? You know? For the organization. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's we're like a family. And that's, you know, you can kind of look, and there's, yes, there can be little spats from time to time that you could, you can probably envision that, but it's, you know, for the most part, we're, we do really all get along well and, and uh, kind of a team effort for the most part, everybody has their role that they're playing, uh, even though I think we are in the process of evaluating that everybody's in the right role and doing those, those things that they're supposed to be doing and, and is the best use of their talent, talent and abilities, but I think it's over time has been placing them and having each team member work with kind of the client that suits their skills and abilities and what they're responsible for in the various parts of the process of, of, our, of our product, which is that commoditized service of, of tax returns, but mostly, and working with, with small businesses. Right. Well, so one of the questions that I like to ask, because you know, again, you, you're part of, of one of our workshops. We're focused on freedom as an entrepreneur in our business. So I'm always curious to ask, what does freedom mean for Mark Gunkel? Freedom, and, and that's a great thing. And that's, that's one of the things that's really driven me to work more with Rick here and, and try to help, to, you know, understand this because, you know, as a, as a business owner, operator, it just it's easy to get drawn in to... The, the, the daily just devotion to, to the work and um, just the next thing you look up and you think, well, I either haven't had a day off or even whenever I go home from the office, I'm still thinking about it. So, I mean, what does freedom look like to me? I mean, it, it, it really means being able to, to step aside, step away for a period of time, if that's a day, if that's a week, if that's, you know, leaving town or just leaving the office and not having to think about it and just do separate myself from it have and do the things that bring me you know personal satisfaction besides that well i know for a fact that you're you love the bicycle you, yes. you like to get out on the road that's my golf game right there that's yeah. your golf game <laughs> and and you know i always i always say it's that stuff that's our spiritual time it's our it's our kind of regaining our focus and our center but outside of biking what do you do to, to kind of recharge and, and refocus yourself um, when you're feeling that overwhelm and, and, and burnout as we all kind of come up against that once in a while? Yeah. 
just I think get away from the office, and that's something I've 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 tried to be more disciplined at is setting setting aside some free days or at least free free hours to get away, and and that mostly just means separate myself from the office. I mean, ideally, I mean, at least two or three times a year we'll leave town, like to escape to the the mountains of Colorado or just just any kind of travel to get away, and and that. You know, again, that's one of my main escapes, and and I don't have any other real hobbies per se. So that's just something to to bring me. It kind of clears my mind. Getting on the bicycle is something to, to clear clear a mind. Yeah. As funny as this sounds, mowing the yard can even clear a mind. <laughs> just you know, it's just the physical activity of that can can do that. Just a little so, mundane where where all the noise around you kind of goes away, right? That's or a different the, kind of noise. A different kind of noise, yeah. but yeah, and you're right. There, I mean, there can throughout the days and weeks can become a lot of noise in the head that you're always hearing that background noise but um, to, to separate I mean that's that's what I have to do to clear my head and literally this past week uh, I took well last week I took two days off I took like a Wednesday and a Friday and I mean yeah not successfully back-to-back days but going back in after each of those days off to the office I did, I did feel my head was more cleared I was it, it was just relieving to do that um how how does your team take how do they perceive the time that you take off in a way you know how how do they deal with that uh, they understand and there's probably even times I'll say that hey I'm going to be gone for a couple of days and and sometimes I'll get yeah you really need to be gone it's <laughs> it's time for you to to they take get, off for a few days but they, I mean, they do get on board with it don't they I think they understand it and I in turn um from time to time, we'll just say, hey, everybody, let's figure out a day this week and each person take a turn taking a day off, okay? Or, you know, we, we began closing a little bit earlier on Fridays outside of busy season. Yeah. And uh, last Friday, I was gone and I said, hey, you guys get everything finished to a certain point and, and leave early today. So just build in so they can understand a, a value in some free time as well and the, the recharge ability of that. Well, and that, that goes back to... Um you know, Dan Sullivan uses a phrase that it's results oriented economy, you know, and as long as, as you're getting the work done um, and the clients are happy and, and that experience is something that they feel good about and your your team or your organization is getting that done, then it, it allows for a whole lot more freedom, not just for you as an owner, right? But but the, the team, what kind of challenges as you look you know, you're, you're in an industry and you said it, there's a little bit of commoditization to getting your tax returns done and, and that, but what are the challenges that you're faced with running your CPA firm today? Are, are there a couple that come to your mind? Oh, there's, I mean, there's, there's the challenges. I mean, we've always got the challenge with just the day-to-day internally. Sometimes it's a workflow issue dealing with the, the flow of, of the process of work flowing through the office. Meeting meeting the client's needs with what their expectations are with the, the finished product. Sometimes we have challenges of making sure we are able to obtain all the information we need from our clients. and Yeah, kind of just dealing with, with the day-to-day. Right. Well, so as you look out, and so you, you mentioned that you've been doing this 15 years? With the, well, with the firm? Well, yeah, owning it outright owning for 15 outright years. For 15. So, I mean, I've been in public accounting 27 years. Okay. Yeah. So, what what has you most excited about, we'll say, the next 15 years for, for your organization? Yeah, I mean, several things. I've got a good team in place, 
and which is I'm very fortunate for uh, having them in place. Just a little side note, it, you know, a number of years ago, it seemed like almost every year I would come back from a summer vacation, I would have shortly thereafter someone resigning and have to replay. <laughs> so there's some turnover, and that was you know, almost a, a, a yearly joke. It's like, okay, who am I going to come back to and, and have resigned? And I mean, things happen like that, and, and that can't be avoided. But I do have a, a great team on board right now, um, which, which should lead to the success of, of the next you know 15 years, if you will. And getting more systems in place to do that. And setting, you know, honestly, it, the more I realize this, it's not about the amount of time, the, the, the quantity of time that I'm spending in the office, it's about the quality of time that I'm doing there. And so that's where this building freedom in to my daily life, weekly life, whatever, to allow me to be in a better place while I'm actually in the office. And, you know, that's personal life as well, because if I'm, even if I take the, the work home with me in my head, you know, it's, it's still floating around with that noise in my head, then I'm not a, you know, a good father, husband, et cetera, in that setting either. You're not able to be present in that moment, right? right. Which it's all about the experiences, whether it's your family or your business or your clients. And um, I completely agree with you that that is, um, I think it's a lot of, well, I, th I think we take that for granted sometimes, right? right. Um, and if you've ever lost anybody in your family or had an issue with business, you know how important it is. Uh, nobody ever says, I wish I would have worked more, right? That's exactly uh, right. So yeah. those experiences are good. Well, Mark, I know, you know, I know you're doing some, some work on a topic that we've talked about a lot with Profit First. And I always like to joke with tax folks that, look, you guys are awesome at what you do, but honestly, when I see the financial reports that you send me, um, I, I glaze over and I get confused because I see this number here on paper, but it doesn't it doesn't add up to what I have in the bank account, right? And we kind of joke about it because well, yeah. we know the accounting rules. Um, would you would you share with us a little bit about um, what Profit First is about and you know how you're starting to add value for your business owner clients? Um, with that kind of work. Sure, sure. And that's that's funny, Rick, because it's, it's so many times over the 27 plus years I've, I've been doing this to to present year-end financials and tax returns to clients and, and say, you had a profit of X of $50,000 and, and, you know, it almost you can rehearse it. And, and now I, I almost stop them before they say it. I'm like, I say, you had a profit of $50,000. And, and I say, wait, before you say, I know you're going to say, well, where did it all go? <laughs> right. Because that's what they say every time. Where did the profit go? And it's, I mean, usually it's, I have always anticipated that, uh, have, have grown to anticipate that. So I'm, you know, usually easy, easier to explain it to the client. And they don't, you know, once they see that, they kind of grasp it. But after the fact, okay, so there's this, this concept with profit first, um, which is, is you know, it's not, not to oversimplify, but it's basically a discipline for cash flow management is what it boils down to. Uh, it, it's a way to segregate aside um, and discipline that, you know, I, to have a profit, you're going to set aside you know, money first, that that's going to go into a separate account, that that is part of your profit. Start out small, set aside a certain amount of money to pay the owner. I always hear that the owner gets paid last because um, 
because there's not money to pay the owner. Well, if we set aside money separate from where we're paying the other bills from, then there is going to be money to pay the owner. It makes to this discipline, we also set aside money in a separate account for tax. We talked about profit, owner's pay, and just for operating expenses because basically whatever's left in there for operating expenses is what has to be used for that. So we would start out very small in setting aside for owner's pay and profit um, and then slowly grow those. But if there's only a certain amount to pay operating expenses, it makes the business owner have to look at either are there some things that we can cut? Is there too much? What is this this cash-eating monster of my business? Where is it all going? So let's look really hard at that. So are there items to cut or are there things that can be done to increase money coming in? As somebody who follows this, I think, and you hit on it, your decision-making as a business owner changes a little bit, right? Sure. Because most business owners, they simply go, here's my top-line revenue. I'm, I'm paying all the bills. And hey, by the way, there's there's nothing there. And we even see successful businesses where the owners have skipped a paycheck or two because the, their operating account just did not have enough to get them through. And so what you're doing is you're showing them an alternative way to take a proactive approach, a little more disciplined approach to say, look, let's mark these out first, right? So almost like your first bill is to your profit account. Right. And then I know there's tax account that goes in there, but then there's the owner's comp. Right. It's that money that's left behind. And what's interesting to me is it it's one of those, aha, that makes all the sense in the world, but yet people people aren't have not been doing that traditionally. Um, what 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 really gets you excited about that? Because I know you, you you've mentioned a couple times some of the stuff that you're doing. Where do you think you can be most valuable in that in that model? Well, I think, you know, it, to, to add this discipline for business clients so that they obviously didn't get in business to not take a paycheck or not get paid out of it. And, and that's a challenge. I mean, it talks in the book about 80% plus of, of small businesses in America are the owners are living paycheck to paycheck at best. And that's not why entrepreneurs got into business to to struggle. And so the, the offshoot of this by creating these, um, creating these disciplines to have a better cash flow management to make them more successful. And if they're having to take the, the last scraps that are left there, then, then why are they working? Why is the business owner working so hard to have very little left for them? I understand their drive and the entrepreneurial spirit, and which, which very much we need in this uh, in the in the marketplace out there, but just if they're not being rewarded, if it's if it's putting them in a in a financial struggle, including I mean not only the the profit uh, for the owner, the owner's pay, which by the way are two different things, not just the profit, but you know you need to be paid for what you're doing in the and then the tax thing too. I mean too many times being you know working in tax that you know we have a profit and then you know the the business owner is trying to figure out okay, well, I eliminated some debt or I had to buy some equipment. We didn't get to write all that off, so, but I've still got a tax bill. I didn't set aside money for that, So, which creates more cascading financial problems. So even at a, you know, starting out at a very small um, degree of setting money aside in these different disciplines can really, in the beginning for a business that hasn't been having those disciplines, can, can let them slowly... Um, 
you know, get that under control and then create better success for them. And I mean, ideally, even if they stay at the same level, but create of, of revenue and, and, and flow of money, but make, make it more efficient and more rewarding for them. And realistically, I, I think they would, across the board, I would be surprised and not really understand why they would not have an ability to grow their business even more and well, be more excited about it. And that's what I enjoy about Profit First is, you know, Freedom Formula was founded by input from business owners who said, I wanted more time, but I also want more financial success. And we talk about growth and scaling up, and but none of that matters if you're, as a business owner, if you're taking all the risk and you haven't really put in any kind of system for yourself to, to, to extract out your, your own compensation or have a way to make your company profitable, right? And um, what I like about it is the also the celebration that is embedded in that process, right? Because it's not just, hey, put this money back. Um, tell us a little bit about, about that piece, if you would. You know, like, like every, every so often, there's a part of that um, profit to be celebrated. Okay, yeah, so, so the, there's a kind of a quarterly bonus celebration. The quarterly, it's encouraged to take the money out of the profit and out of the profit account. And I mean, if that's have a splurge or just have a celebration, if that's a, a, you know, a personal vacation, if that's a, you know, a toy personally that you've been, been wanting to have, just something to celebrate that, that you, know, you maybe haven't been able to do before because it's just not been there. So that's a way to celebrate, uh, celebrate a win as you like to talk well, about, right? But, yeah. Well, and we were talking about that this morning is, you know, we have wins as entrepreneurs, we're horrible at taking the time to celebrate what's going on good in our organizations and celebrating it with our families and celebrating it with our teams. And, you know, I'd hate to think that there'd be a situation where I wanted to celebrate because we have great success, but I didn't have the financial means to go out and take my team to dinner or my family on a vacation to celebrate. And I think that's where, I think it's a loop, right? It, I think that's where things like burnout and frustration you kind of get on this hamster wheel, right? And you and you become that owner that's stuck in that trap. And I I think you bring some really actionable ideas um, that also can be scorecard, right? Like you can see where they are, and um, that's what I think is unique, Mark, in some of the work that you're doing. You know, and I'll I'll say a little more to that, Rick, on the the burnout and frustration that you talk about, and that's you know you think about a business owner. Why did they get in business in the first place? Well, they, they, have a, they have a product, they have a concept, they have an idea, they have a drive to do something, to not, you know, quote, work for the man, if you will. You know, they want to they go do this. They didn't get in it to, to be financially devastated uh, or to get burned out and frustrated. But they're going to be, you know, too many times I see that, that they're almost caught in that hamster wheel thing that they, because of, you know, a lot of it becomes financial constraints because of, of not having the cash flow disciplines to, to create um, less likelihood of that burnout and frustration because they're going to can be financially rewarded and, and also to create some of the freedom, which is, you know, not only freedom of time, freedom of finances, right. et cetera. But, but that's an important linchpin in this because otherwise it's going to be that recurring cycle. You can grow. And the thing of it is, is a company that grows without 
the financial discipline towards profit and tax and these other things, they those dollars go somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. You always find, well, and, and that's the prevailing wisdom is, well, I have to go buy capital so I can take the, the depreciation. Right. And, and that just becomes a yearly cycle. And so, yeah, you're growing, but it's becoming, it's almost like you're digging a bigger hole for yourself, right? Because all the value that you have, by the way, is in that organization. And now that's a whole different risk level into itself. Um, so, so I like that. Well, hey, what advice, so you've dealt with business owners for a number of years. If you had to share some advice with them, maybe it's from your technical expertise, but maybe more importantly, it's as a business owner, what, what advice would you share? You know, I think from the beginning, define what you know what you really want to accomplish, what your what your goals are, evaluate those regularly, and 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 make see if you're meeting the goals that you had set out for yourself, and and have you know periodic evaluations of that. And I think you know it, it, you've talked we talked about this, Rick. That the really it's a period of ninety day cycles. The year is, and so. I think the approach, and even if I look back at, at my my business career and probably took it more that way and just look, okay, for the next 90 days, what am I going to do? And define that and then measure that. How did I how did I score? What can I do better? To just kind of have that that discipline of just just the goal mindset. And then, you know, the other thing I would encourage from the beginning is, I mean, since it's you know the profit first concept is very very real to me and, and I can see that as being a, a great thing. Just begin that discipline from the beginning. So that, and even at a very small, small scale because, um, and then expand from there, but just begin that discipline. Absolutely. Wow, well this, is, this has been great and I really appreciate you being on the show. We're kind of coming to the end. So if somebody wanted to learn more about you, Mark, or, or your firm. Maybe they want to learn about Profit First and uh, they're a business owner and maybe they've been thinking about, hey, you know, I'm not where I want to be on the financial spectrum. Um, if they want to reach out to you to learn more, how, how do they contact you? How do they find out more about your organization? Oh, the best way right now would be probably via the, I can give you an, an email address. Just send me an email and I'll be glad to get more information to you. That would be MEGCPA at brightok.net, or you can uh, contact uh, Rick through the Epic Biz website yeah. and he can direct you my way also. I, I was going to say, if, if, if they want to reach out to me at rick at epicsbiz.com, um, check out our website, epicsbiz.com as well. That's it. Um, we'll get that information, and I really appreciate that. Um, Mark, we appreciate you being on the show. You're doing great things for um, your clients and your business owner clients and continue to do it. And I appreciate your friendship. It means a lot. Thanks for having me, Rick. It's been fun. Guys, you've been listening to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Hadrava. And until next time, keep moving the dial. And thank you for tuning in. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.